Hello, everybody, and welcome to another fantastic episode, hopefully, of Charlie's GeekCast. I am your host, Charlie Niemeyer, and today we're watching two more episodes of the Transformers Season 2. But first, before we get into any of that, I actually have feedback this time. Yay! The first bit of feedback comes via email, thanks to my, my pal, Dave McElvaney, who sends some of the greatest get, uh, postcards. And if anyone is friends with both of us on Facebook, you're going to see our little back and forth with puns. I don't know what started it, but it's fun. Anyway, uh, Dave writes, Greetings, Charlie. I'm sorry I haven't sent in feedback for a long time, but to be honest, I'm not much of a Transformers fan. So I haven't had anything interesting or constructive to say about those episodes. Oh, this is just me coming in. It's all right, Dave. I know they're not for everybody. That's kind of why I wanted to, when during when I had a good split there, I wanted to do something different. I'm going to try to put more of those in so it's not just Transformers. I don't want this to become just a Transformers show. Anyway, he continues. I'm certainly more of a fan of Batman, but since my sweet spot is the Silver Age, I have to admit that there aren't a lot of stories from those days that most people, even me, would consider especially noteworthy. I do have one story from even before the Silver Age, though. It comes from Detective Comics 168, cover dated February 1951, called The Man Behind the Red Hood, which features the original Red Hood, as well as what was, for several decades, the definitive origin of the Joker. I know there are many who don't especially like this particular story, but as a kid, reading this one probably in reprint in the 80-page giant Batman 213, August, July, or July, August, 1969. I love the idea of a criminology class taught by Professor Batman with the world's greatest detective and his students solving an old unsolved case and discovering the overused phrase, but perfectly valid in this case, secret origin of the Joker was fascinating to me. Another favorite Batman story, this one from the, after the Silver Age, was the book-length story, The Doomsday Book, in Detective Comics 572. Cover dated March 1987, billed as the 50-year anniversary of Detective Comics, although not the character of Batman since he did not appear until 1939. In this story, several longtime DC detectives, including the elongated man, Slam Bradley, and Batman, as well as the greatest detective of all time, Sherlock Holmes, well over 100 years old, solve a mystery over the course of several individual stories tied up by the end by Batman and the aged Holmes. I'm a, I'm a huge Sherlock Holmes fan, and the team-up of Batman and Holmes was great fun for me. I cannot claim that either of these is necessarily a great Batman story, but you asked about favorites, and these are probably my most favorite ones. Live long and prosper, Dave McElvaney. Do right for no other reason than because it's right. Well, thanks, Dave. You know, those are... Well, I, I, I will be honest. I haven't read... I've seen the cover for it. I haven't really read the red hood story uh but yes that was very much the definitive origin of the joker up until well basically until what until killing joke i guess when um joker said oh, it might have been that it might have been something else and from then on everyone's like maybe this isn't the origin of the joker other than they used it in the movie so hey, what what you want to do but obviously I read it in Untold Legend of the Batman because that was kind of featured in one of the issues. Uh, I have read Detective 572. It is a good story. Um, and I'm glad you like it. It wasn't one of my favorites, but it is a very good story. It's got some awesome Alan Davis art. Uh, they bring in, uh, I think they bring in Jim Aparo for some parts. And it's really cool to see some of those characters get together. Uh, but yes, so I want to thank you for sending that in. We've also got some comments on Facebook. Over on Facebook, on the Charlie's Geek Cast page, uh, where I posted the episode, I got a response from Brian Rosen, and he wrote, My favorite Batman stories are The Untold Legend of the Batman, The Lonely Place of Dying, Batman 400, The Elseworlds books, including when Elseworlds was a DC event in the annuals, and the Armageddon 2001 annuals event. And I told him that I haven't actually read most of the Elseworlds stuff. Uh, I've read basically the uh, the Superman ones. I think I read Superboy. May have read. I don't think I even read Robin. I might have read Flash once, but I really haven't read those. And the uh, what was the other part? Uh, oh, and the Armageddon annuals. Those I haven't read anyone but Batman because or I'm not. 
not Batman, Superman, because, well, Superman's my favorite. Uh, so I really need to check those out. Batman 400 is really cool. Uh, basically, it's a celebration of everything that's come before, before they're going to do kind of a slow, weird kind of reshuffling of Batman to get him into the post-crisis era, which is, it's very confusing as to what they do there. But um, it's basically nightfall but batman isn't weak and there's no bane and so he's able to so batman's able to win and uh, a lot of cool artists come in to help it's really cool uh let's see uh he then he asked me what i thought of the killing jagai like the art it's about all i can say about it i i don't like how a major character like batgirl granted by that point her popularity was winding down but i don't like how they took a bat character like Batgirl and not only took her out, took the way they took her out, but they did it so quickly. I mean, in like five pages, she's gone. Now, granted, she becomes Oracle eventually, and that wouldn't have happened if it hadn't been for Killing Joke, which, by the way, was not supposed to be in continuity when it first came out, or at least when it was written. But anyway. That's neither here nor there. Uh, and uh, some would argue that she became more popular as Oracle or did a lot more, was a lot more helpful and did more good as Oracle than she ever did as Batgirl, and that might be true. Uh, but I just don't like the way they kind of pushed her off the table. Uh, it was It's a very dark story. I don't like, first of all, I don't like the possibility that some people have read into it, including Grant Morrison, that Batman kills the Joker at the end. Uh, if it's an out-of-continuity story, maybe. But that's not Batman he doesn't kill. The other thing is, whether he does or not, I don't like the fact that Batman laughs at the end. For whatever reason, bat, over the course of this story, Batman or Joker shoots and cripples Barbara Gordon, aka Batgirl, apparently without even knowing she, he's done it to Batgirl. Then takes Commissioner Gordon and tortures him with pictures of her naked, which didn't really need to be done, but naked, bloody, crippled body on the floor, uh, no, not knowing what was actually happening to her. Uh, but he's sitting there forced to forced to look at this stuff and after all that batman's gonna laugh with them no uh again it's a very pretty looking book i don't agree with anything that happens in it i don't agree with the story at all and i don't like the story and i was not a fan of the animated movie that adapted it uh, even more so with the stuff at the beginning of it. They really didn't need to throw in the uh, stuff of Batman and Batgirl doing it. Uh, I, I found that unnecessary. Uh, but, you know, that's just me. Uh, a lot of people think it's very it's a very good story. Uh, it's a very popular book. It's been reprinted dozens of times. Uh, and not, more recently, it got an official recoloring and everything. So... Take it as you will. I personally don't like it. Uh, let's see. What else we got? Uh, then he uh, sends me a picture of Batman Annual from 1991. That was the Armageddon 2001 crossover. He also showed me, sent me a picture of the Batman special from 1984. Thinking I would like that. I, I've read it. I do like it. Uh, it's a little derivative. There's, uh, I mean, it's a... I think... Basically, it's written to be a sequel to There's No Hope in Crime Alley. Written by Denny O'Neill and with art by Dick Giordano from the mid to late 70s. That, that's the story that first introduced Leslie Tompkins. Uh, this kind of is really a derivative of that. It's supposed to kind of a sequel, but I don't know. It, it seems like it tries to rehash it a lot. And then we've also got a bad guy who's basically the exact opposite of batman complete with his parents being killed right in front of his eyes he dedicates himself to basically villainy uh and becomes this dread avenger of the night or whatever uh 
in some places it goes real slow. In some places it's a bit rushed. The art is really nice. Uh, it, overall, it's a good it's a good book. I like it, but I, I don't know. It's just a lot of I don't know. It's not my favorite. It is good though. I have read it. That's pretty much all I've got though. Uh, in response to that episode of of Charlie's Geekcast, I wanted to say quick thanks to Dave and Brian for commenting or writing in. Uh, if you would like to write in or comment, uh, I do the show postings at the Charlie's Geekcast fan page. I do it on two different uh, Two True Freaks page. There's the Two True Freaks podcast page. I also post them on the Two True Freaks Cantina page. Although the Cantina one might be just for... One of those is just for people on the Two True Freaks, I think. Uh, I also... The Charlie's Geekcast ones, I also post directly on my newsfeed. So you can follow me, Charlie Niemeyer. Uh, But uh, also you can email the show at charliesgeekcast at gmail.com. And I will read them on the air. So... Again, thank you guys, and when we come back, we will get into our episodes of Transformers. Charlie's Geekcast will return after these promos. You are receiving a transmission from The Rod Pod. Upload pending. Stand by for soundtrack transfer. I am Maggie. And I am John. And we are trapped, hurtling through space in a ship shaped like Rodimus's head. The ship, for reasons we haven't been able to determine, contains the entire run of the IDW Transformers Phase 2 comic, which chronicle the events following the end of the war between the Autobots and Decepticons. So we figure we may as well read them all in order and report our findings to you. Stand by. Stand by. Upload complete now. The Rod Pod. Look for us at marriedwcomics.libsyn.com at iTunes, at Stitcher, or wherever good podcasts can be found. So, uh, till all are one. Till all are one. We now return to Charlie's Geekcast. All right, let's get down to business. We've got our DVD all set up. We're going to be watching City of Steel. And we are going to get things started in... Three, two, one, go. City of Steel first aired on October 17, 1985, and is the 19th episode of Transformers. It was written by Douglas Booth, and this time was animated by ACOM. Which means we should see some of the more shoddy animation in this episode. Although Laserbeak doesn't look terrible. Although that made no sense. That's making no sense with the I-beams. Hey, the Constructicons are back. The hard part, scavenger. You should be able to take it from here. Wrong as usual, Hook. Drawing the plans for our new headquarters was the hard part. Plans which the rest of you botched up. Silence! I want you Ooh, that's a terrible Megatron face. 
Kind of. Do you do that? officials are baffled as to the cause of the disappearance of the world-famous Empire State Building. Megatron's work. If we don't get to New York City fast, there won't be a city left to get to. Autobots, okay. Um, as far as this ACOM guys are concerned, looking at Optimus Prime, they kind of had his Season 1 look, except they've given him this white backpack. Also, you'll notice that they don't do the extra look of the paint. Hey, look, the Twin Towers. Uh, but anyway, they don't do that nice extra bit to make them look more shiny. It's a quick drive to New, to New York. I didn't even mention anything about the fact that four or five of the Autobots were driving on water. Okay, that looked dumb. We're under Central Park now, Scavenger. What's your reading? This way. There. Optimus Prime is directly overhead. Indeed, you fool. Ooh, did you see the uh, cracks on in front of the animation? to say it, but couldn't he have just killed Prime right there? He's so happy, it's so cute. Oh, he didn't even have to move his faceplate there. It's just one building. Oh, they said Minicon. There won't be Minicons until 2002. 
The Transformers will return after these messages. We now return to See the, the extra little flourish they give to those to uh, show them they're kind of like supposed to be kind of shiny? They're very flat when Acom does the animation. The been evacuated by humans and Autobots. If only we'd been able to join the others in time. Don't worry, Wheeljack. We'll get the Decepticons out of New York somehow. Not while Megatron's got Optimus Prime. If we attack, Prime's had it. Maybe not. Bumblebee, take a left. I've got an idea. There, I guess there are a lot of ob um, exit ramps on the bridges of New York. And soon the rest of North America will fall to me as well. But even immobilized, you worry me. Ooh, and the lighting up of his eyes are a little off. Oh, they're going to take him apart. You'd normally think that would kill him. Dude, he's got a giant lightsaber! A purple one! Oh, jeez. You're an artist. Don't you agree, Optimus? As long as power flows through any of my circuits, Megatron, I'll fight you. Okay, sure. Dispose of his parts any way you choose. But the head is mine. The helmet looked terrible there, too. Oh, okay, I see it. Let's go. Oh, no. Even in nineteen eight especially in nineteen eighty five. I wouldn't be a human going through the any of the water around New York, but especially now in the sewer. You'd die. I think we've used Optimus Prime's remnants most creatively, and I've just figured out where this part can do the most. Um, uh, Damage? Just the word I was searching for, Hulk. It's time so how come the, the people that use um, voice plates aren't actually moving them out? Or their voice plates. Face plates, I should say, not voice plates. My sensors indicate Optimus isn't in front of us anymore. He's behind us. It looks good ahead, but it looks miserable back there. They turned Optimus into an alligator. It's the only chance we've got against that robot reptile. I can feel it in my microcomputers. But I can't figure out why my sensors keep saying Prime's behind us instead of in front. Look at the darn thing. We'll have to fight him here. We can't. The noise will alert the Decepticons. But I've got a plan. Yes, yeah, so let's rip apart a train. Everything seems to work. Go for it. Come on, Bumblebee. Let's move it. Yay! Bumblebee shouldn't be small enough to fit in a train like that. You just had him. Faster you construct the cars, faster! I yearn to see my city completed! Look, Megatron! If the Autobots ever drive down this street, they'll be riding down their own grave! <laughs> see what you can do with this, Mixmaster! <laughs> Why are their hands so huge? One time I have to hand it to Megatron. 
The place is finally starting to feel like home. How did they undo this one? My sensors indicate that Prime is now within 10 mechanometers. Optimus, what have they done to you? Well, they made me a head. Thanks, Ratchet. Hook disassembled me, but he wasn't very neat. I can sense the presence of my legs. They're nearby. Do you think you could activate them from here? I'll... I'll try. There they are! Wait a minute, that's why my sensors picked up Prime behind me. It was because a part of him was... The Alligatorcon! Oh, now they figure it out? As they stand there with his legs. Well, be sure you don't let go. Good thing they got Ratchet. Sorry, he's slippery. Maybe I can help. That is, if I'm really a part of that jigsaw puzzle of a reptilicon. You can't tell by looking. There's pieces missing. Now, if my sensors are accurate, my right arm is somewhere above ground. Mirage, radio the others. Megatron's in for a very large shock. There's extra pieces, though. This sure isn't little old New York anymore. There's no one there. Megatron's turned it into one big fortress. Wheeljack, look. Little old New York. just found Prime's missing arm. <laughs> You're kidding. They made it a gun so on top of the building. Uh oh, uh, Prime's got both arms there. And now he doesn't. You know, you could have just done this to Optimus earlier. The size thing is a problem on this episode. The Transformers will return after these messages. They're, apparently they seem to have an idea they that the Transformers, Transformers are about the size of humans. It's just not working. Quickly, everyone scatter and transform! Okay, transform in slow motion. That's called paying attention to where you're driving. Move out of the way. That train blew just in time. One more Vogue, and I'd have been too pooped to zap. Why didn't they just move? So far, not anymore. More Constructicon handiwork coming up. Right you are, human. Soundwave, send our battle taxis into action. Destroy the intruders! Let's get out of here! Why is Spike even bothering? Yeah, sure, no problem. I may not have a Jumping cars. How did he get around? 
Okay, I've got to say the animation of Prime in his truck mode is not half bad. That's the way to cool it, Ironhide. Now it's time to lend myself a hand and an arm as well. Well, you're not going alone. What did Ironhide do? Let's do it. Where are Prime and the other guys? There, look. Well, he's just walking up like it's no problem. He's not touching anything. Okay. Keep in mind, Sideswipe does have a back a rocket pack, so even though they didn't decide to show the fumes or anything from it. Uh-oh. I think this is about to be devastating. And their version of Devastator has the two eyes. Nope, one eye. Oh. Okay, one visor. Now, Bumblebee. What were they gonna do? Doesn't Bumblebee have a gun? Now I believe Buzzsaw was a new toy. A new take for Soundwave. Just a repaint of Laserbeak, though. Oh, two eyes again. I saw this once when I linked my data bank to an Earth television transmission. I think it was called King Kong. And Devastator reminds me of that big baboon. Oh, for crying out loud. saw the same picture. Now, Ironhide just smiled. Oh. Never mind, I see why he smiled. Prime! We wrecked Soundwave's control of your arm! For all the good it's doing. That's the news I've been waiting for. It will take more than your puny arm to stop Devastator. Right? Which is why it's lucky the hand at the end of that arm is holding a gun. Jeez. Nice catch. Hurry before that arm falls off. They didn't destroy it. They didn't. They didn't destroy the city. Like the rest of New York City. 
Autobots, transform and roll out. Well, that was fast, so so they just the city just went back to normal. Okay. Makes sense. Do you like the little I Love New York thing at the end? That was sweet. So yeah, that was City of Steel. You see what I was talking about with some of the animation problems? These guys are going to take over as the man an main animation company for Season 3. It's going to look fantabulous. Anyway. Alright, well let's take a quick break. And like I said, we're going to move on to our next episode, Attack of the Autobots. So I'm going to play something, a promo or a commercial, and we'll be right back. Charlie's GeekCast will return after these promos. Matron, the Autobot, on the alert for Freezog, the Decepticon. Transformers, more than meets the eye. Up ahead, is that the enemy in disguise? If it is, two can play this game. And the chase is on between Natron and Freezog in one form or another. Transformers, more than meets the eye. In Transformers Racing, now turn off the lights and your Transformers race into a whole new universe of Nightglow. Transformers Electric Racing by Tyco, of course. We now return to Charlie's GeekCast. All right, we're back. And this time out, we're watching Attack of the Autobots. So we're going to get the DVD all squared away. And I have got this set up, and we're going to get started in three, two, one, go. Attack of the Autobots is the 20th episode of Transformers. First aired on October 4th, 1985, written by David Wise and animated by Toei. Teletran 1, report. Decepticons approaching from Southwest Quadrant. Autobots, Transformers. Ooh, Optimus is, uh, looks like Optimus's blue boot is actually colored red in that one scene. Uh, Prowl isn't a flyer, one of us he's doing. Didn't see that coming. Thanks, Prime. Now, what about Rumble? Fine, fine, baby. Oh, jeez, it just sank. Too noisy though, this should fly in. The Autobots recharging chambers. Shouldn't Teletran be causing some kind of alarm? There now. Let's get out of here before the invisibility spray wears off. Tomorrow, when those Autobots recharge their energizers, they'll experience a transformation they won't expect. <laughs> They've been following a long time. 
Why didn't I hear him hit bottom? Because we'd rather hit you, Turkey Trot! They're flying again, what? Decepticons! Abandon attack! Mission accomplished! Hey, Braun showed up a little late. so quickly he had no time to achieve his objective perhaps but Megatron always has some method to his madness and whatever it was this time you can be sure it won't do us any good okay this appears to be better animation than last time but still not very good <sighs> not their high quality stuff recharge to give the old bolt some volts Everybody to the recharging chambers. We've got a big day ahead. Alert. Wonder what's going to happen. Rocket launch in preparation at Harding Space Center. New solar power generating satellite aboard rocket designed to provide unlimited energy to the world. Autobots, the Decepticons will stop at nothing to capture that satellite. We've got to get to the launch site and protect, guard, defend. I... I feel very strange. Warning. Ooh. Evil presence now infiltrating Autobot headquarters. Very good, Genetran One. The personality oh, now? placed inside your recharging chamber has converted your Autobot friends from sentimental fools to my kind of mechanisms. Autobots are noble. Your plan can never succeed. Oh, it can't. Where's Megatron? Autobots, obey my first command. Silence that annoying computer. Optimus Prime, no! Excellent! You're going to cause more... Oh, he's talking through the computer? planets ever seen. Ah, here are my orders. So he's basically turned the Autobots into Decepticons. But it didn't get all of them. Hey, watch it, Jazz! Very sorry, Bumblebee. But look around. This is the perfect spot to test my new speakers, man. Yeah, man. A perfect place for those monsters, all right. No neighbors to complain. Well, I forgot my earmuffs, so I'm going back to headquarters. Have fun, guys! Later, Bumblebee! Can't you play something soft? <laughs> hey, guys! Where is everybody? Optimus Prime? Ratchet? Is he not going to notice anybody? the teletrans been damaged? Ah, Bumblebee! You look tired. Perhaps you'd like to recharge. What's happened to Teletran 1? Never mind that. Or no one's gonna notice that their eyes are red, right? Oh, wait! I can't take much more! Me neither! And I like it! Like, wow! Rock and roll with real rocks! You know, they really should have turned around. Faced the music the other way around. Shooting jazz. Hey man, I don't want to hurt you, but you get me steamed. Looks like you conked his reset relay. Yeah, he'll be out for a while. Bumblebee, what's going on around here? It's just what I was gonna ask you. Well, we should have some answers in a minute. Are you telling me that of all the people there, Spark Plug's the only one that can fix Teletran? Altered by personality destabilizer. Put into recharging chambers by Megatron. Megatron? He turned Blue Streak from good to evil. Look, 
How many of the other Autobots were recharged with that personality doohickey? All of them. Uh-oh. The Transformers were Good thing this is before, like, we get tons more. We now return to the Transformers. Oh, uh, and not all of them, Jazz and Bumblebee, but not. Telling me after all this time they still don't understand the Transformers and the Autobots? They're gonna need to be some serious explaining to the destabilizer and fast attention. Optimus Prime is leading an attack on the Air Force base. Not Optimus Prime. We've gotta get to him. Hey, we can't fight Prime and arm of our friends. Jazz, we can't sit back and watch either. I'm with Bumblebee. Then let's burn some rubber. Hold on, I'm coming. Spike! Did he just say they needed to find the destabilizer? They just saw a video of where it was. I must have heard that wrong. We have Megatron's orders. The plans for the solar satellite must be seized. Yes? And you'd like me to join you in the command bunker? You're launching my solar power generating satellite? Wonderful. I'm on my way. Dr. Harding, Dr. Harding, a party of enemy Autobots is attacking this building. Enemy Autobots? What could they be after here? The plans for my solar satellite. <laughs> Oh, that looks so stupid. How high up is she? Brave lady. Here's an idea, though. They're gonna. Destabilizing away from an Autobot. At the same time, we recharge him with They would really be over giving too much weight to the rocket, right? Now all we have to do is test it on somebody. I, I think we got our first unexpected volunteer. You distract him, and I'll give it a try. First, drain evil. Second, recharge good. Let's hope it don't finish up with third berry jam. Okay. That's another reference to death on here. That's cool. Whoa. Okay, I don't know how he's doing that, but that's really cool. Blue eyes again. He's back to normal. 
Megatron ordered us to wreck military jets and clear the skies. And he sent Ratchet and Hound to Dr. Harding's lab for some kind of plans. Jets? And plans? We'll worry about that later. We've got to make some more attitude exchangers and save the rest of the Autobots. They only work one at a time? That wasn't good. Slowly but surely, they're saving the day. not good okay I'm just gonna the say this Peter Cullen would have made could have voiced a Decepticon pretty well too I want to say he does I could be wrong I mean not now maybe later well he said it before I could Jeez. Did you see that? It's Skyfire. He's carrying out Megatron's orders too. With his speed, we might still be able to stop the Decepticons before the rocket launches. But how will we ever get an attitude exchanger up to him? He's over a mile high. Those thingamabobs are magnetic, aren't they? Sure. Well, if I fire one from my particle beam gun and my aim isn't too crummy, stop talking and start shooting. Somebody get Skyfire's attention. Attention getters coming up. He's in range. Gotta make this shot count. Well, that was quick. Good job. Well, they even bothered to animate the wheels going up inside of them. Evidently, he will. Prime Duck. He's splitting into his three components. Oh, jeez. Wait, 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 wait. Here's the problem. The trailer stuff didn't get it recharged. It was just Prime. It's our last one. If you miss, Prime's a lost cause. I'll stop him. Bumblebee, come back! He's hurting. I know you're not evil. Wonder if it's because he's fighting it, or because the other two parts were fixed. Quickly. 
Sweet. Little friend. You saved me. Oh, they hug. That's cute. Then unless we can stop the rocket launch, you'll take Dr. Harding's solar satellite to Cybertron. And Prime, the world needs the energy my satellite will deliver. It must go into orbit. Then our task is clear. We better get to that launch pad before it's too late. Why did he drive up and everyone else walked? Weird. T minus 30 seconds. And nothing we can do will stop it. Follow me! This is our one-way ticket to Cybertron and mastery of that galaxy! Okay, first off, doing that could cause any kind of problems for the launch. And it shouldn't be able to launch very well thanks to, you know, the tons of new robots that are on it. Ooh, the blast there were not, didn't have the special effects on them. Good flat flip. Hope his brakes are working. And if you didn't think those speakers would have anything to do for this to save the day, you haven't been watching the show very well. into space. Oh, and putting the satellite in orbit for them. That's and nice. This is the little baby that caused all the trouble in the first place. Well, there won't be any more trouble thanks to you. And especially to you, Bumblebee. Especially to him. I was the one who saved the satellite and came up with the idea of firing those attitude exchangers. Oh yeah? Well, who helped you make them in the first place? Why you wouldn't Who made them in the first place? Look, I'm the brains of this outfit when it comes to repairs. Spark plug's the and one that built I them. I can't fix it, it can't be fixed. Hold on, hold on. Where's That's Wheeljack? Of the 47 Air Force Jets you guys demolished when you were working for Megatron. <laughs> so I hope you're both wizards when it comes to fixing broken aircraft. <laughs> yeah, Dad. That's all any of us will be doing for the next few weeks. Lift that wrench, tote that retrocharger. <laughs> Meanwhile, they fixed New York in like five seconds. Okay, that was a little weird. They hit some uh, leaps in logic on that one. Animation was funky. It was like trying to emulate high quality, but without spending the money for it. I don't know. What do you all think? Did you guys like it? You know, you can feel free to write in, charliesgeekcast at gmail.com. And um, we will come back next week. First off, thank you for listening. But we will come back next week when we'll watch two more episodes of the Transformers. And those are going to be episode 21, Traitor, and episode 22, The Immobilizer. So we'll see you then.
Thank you for listening to Charlie's GeekCast. Feedback for the show can be sent to charliesgeekcast at gmail.com or you can feel free to leave a comment at the show's posting at charliesgeekcast.com. All images and music heard on the show are copyright their respective copyright holders and are used for entertainment purposes only. No infringement is intended. Charlie's GeekCast is a proud member of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network. Please be sure to stop by Two True Freaks to check out more great shows. Thank you again for listening, and good night. Mm-hmm.